This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome back to the Agenda podcast here on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Edward Kay, and joining me today is Liverpool.com's very own Matt Addison. And today we're going to be taking a look at a few different areas that Jurgen Klopp and his staff may be looking to target in their efforts to improve what's been, I mean, at best, a faltering start to a Liverpool season. And uh, Matt, we're going to start up top where, I mean, barring the Bournemouth game, Liverpool, you know, been having a lot of problems. And I'm going to start by first asking you about a man who's obviously been absent for a lot of those games for, uh, well, mainly one reason, um, Darwin Nunez. Uh, he's just got the one Premier League goal to his name and, you know, with Erling Haaland continuing to just bang in the goals for Man City, how important do you think it is and how much pressure is Jurgen Klopp under to get his new frontman firing? Yeah, I think there is a lot of pressure. I think that's inevitable, really, when you spend that sort of money on a footballer. It's it, It's got to work, hasn't it? it? It's one of those where Liverpool haven't really done that too often, but when they have done it, it tends to to kind of be a player that is is pretty much nailed on. I think and Naby Keita is the obvious exception in terms of having spent that kind of money and it's it's maybe not quite worked, but even with him, you, you kind of thought that there was enough evidence that he was going to come across and, and do enough to uh, to improve that Liverpool midfield and, and be that kind of transformational signing, which is, is kind of the, uh, the, the two words that always get thrown about whenever Liverpool spend that kind of money. And yeah, Darwin Nunez, they obviously think, is, is one of those kind of players. I think it was... Um, it was kind of forced upon them in terms of they needed to, to do something with the forward line. There's not loads of options out there. Erling Haaland have, obviously was was one, but Manchester City managed to get him. And I know the uh, the transfer fee wasn't massive, but I think the uh, the wages and the agents' fees and all the rest of it would have made it impossible for Liverpool. So, yeah, they had to go for, for someone who was probably, it's fair to say, a little bit more of a gamble in terms of sort of coming across and, and making the impact straight away. But but also someone who's probably a little bit more long-term. I think, you know, it's not worked for Darwin Nunez yet, but he's signed, I think, a six-year contract. I think he's he's going to be at Liverpool for a long time, you know, presuming that at some point it does click for him. And I think that's the, the difference, really, isn't it? We've seen, obviously, City's new number nine has come in, done it straight away, but I'd be surprised if he was still at City in three or four years' time. I think he'll be there you know, two or three years and, and then move on. With Darwin, it's, it's different. Liverpool are in this for the long... The, the kind of long haul with him. Um, it, yeah, like I say, you, you can't really argue with the fact it's not worked yet. The red card obviously didn't help. There's been other bits as well, but I suppose the, the one positive really is he is getting into those positions, isn't he? We've kind of seen him in in good areas. He's just maybe not quite managed to, to score those goals yet. And I think very quickly that the narrative can change. I think one or two goals different and suddenly we're, we're looking at him as as, as similar to, to what City have found, really, with, with Holland, He's not really touching the ball, but he's scoring the goals. I think if Darwin Nunez can do that, suddenly the narrative completely changes. Yeah, and uh, sticking with sort of Nunez and the up-top issues, maybe an issue that has stemmed from him coming into the side and Liverpool playing with a real number nine for the first time in a long time. A lot of, for a lot of those players, it's the first time they will be playing with a real number nine in a Liverpool shirt. And... We've seen Diaz and Salah obviously forced a little bit wider at the start of the season than maybe a lot of fans would have been expecting to see them. A lot of people have been pointing to, you know, Sadio Mane's absence as the biggest issue that's been facing Liverpool up top. But I think, do you think there's an argument that maybe Salah and Diaz being pushed wider, Salah in particular, obviously not not quite the goal threat that you'd expect. Do you think there's an argument that that's the biggest issue facing Liverpool's front line at the moment? 
Yeah, I think that they're both kind of important. I think it's it's probably a little bit too simple to, to just point to Sadio Mane. I think Bayern Munich have dropped points in three league games already this season. They're already kind of talking about Robert Lewandowski as being a big miss for them. So it's not just the case of if you've got Sadio Mane, then you're all right. Because, you know, Bayern Munich have, have found that even with him, it's it's not quite started as well for, for them as what they would have anticipated. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing with him as well is you've got to kind of, you can't get too carried away with what happened the kind of last four or five months of last season. I think it's fair to say before that he wasn't particularly brilliant for Liverpool. There was, you know, a drop off and it was almost a bit like Coutinho, really. The last sort of maybe six months of his Liverpool career, really, really good. It kind of went out on a high, but it wasn't necessarily that level for the entirety of it. And I think it's it's maybe a little bit too easy just to, to kind of go, well, Mane's gone. Nunez has come in and it hasn't quite clicked. You know, there are other players in there. And yeah, like you say, Luis Diaz and, and Mohamed Salah, they're still getting used to kind of playing with Darwin Nunez, which is is no real surprise given it's not really happened too much up to this point. I think, you know, we, we kind of saw the the plan against Bournemouth. I think that kind of clicked into place in, in that game. There was lots of link up. Obviously, Roberto Firmino played in, in that one. So maybe slightly easier to, to link up than it would have been with Darwin Nunez. But it just hasn't quite worked in terms of, of the way that Liverpool want it to be just yet. You know, Jurgen Klopp's spoken about it's it's not a deliberate thing for Luis Diaz and, and Mohamed Salah to be so far wide. He doesn't want that from them, but that's kind of how it is at the moment. I wonder, it, it might be as much as anything a midfield issue. I think, you know, Harvey Elliott has been one of Liverpool's best players so far this season. I think individually he's been, been really, really good, but it, it just does kind of maybe not upset the balance, but it certainly changes the balance in terms of what happens on that right-hand side. You look at, you know, Trent has, has struggled a little bit, Salah struggled a little bit. Is there a little bit of a, a, a bit of work, maybe, shall we say, that they need doing in terms of, of the balance there? Would it be beneficial maybe to move him to a different position? Possibly, but then it's a case of, of where would that be? I don't think you can really take him out of the team at this moment, but probably midfield is, is the only area that he can get in because he's not going to play consistently ahead of Salah on the right-hand side. So I think that's a, a bit of a, a thing to think about. But yeah, I mean, it, it sounds simple, doesn't it? But the way that you solve kind of Diaz and, and Salah not being at their best, I, I think Diaz has, has been pretty good, to be fair to him. But, you know, even even with him, his goals have tended to be from, you know, the edge of the area. It's not been a case of getting him into those positions consistently where you'd expect him to, to score regularly from. It's it's kind of been something a little bit more special or something where he's had to dribble around a couple of players and, and then score. I think what you want really is the consistency of him and Salah getting into the box, being in those good areas consistently. And when you've got that, whether it's Firmino, Nunez, Diogo Jota now back, whoever it is in that mid, uh, in the, the middle of that forward line is, is going to have a few more chances as well. So, yeah, I, I don't quite know what the solution is in terms of getting that balance right. I don't quite know why Diaz and Salah have found themselves so far wide. But, you know, whichever way you look at it, that's something that has to change because it just makes no sense really to have Mohamed Salah so far away from the goal when no matter who plays in that forward line, you'd back him more than anyone else really to, to score for Liverpool. So, yeah, I think we're seeing a bit of a change in Salah in terms of the creativity, but I don't think you want to lose the goals from him. Obviously, it's brilliant that he's getting all the assists and he's setting up chances and doing all that sort of thing. But I think you need both. You, you can't afford to have a player as good at scoring goals as Mohamed Salah, not close enough to the goal to be able to do what he's best at. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
Yeah, he certainly needs to get uh, Diaz, Nunes and Salah all firing. But uh, you touched on the midfield there, Harvey Elliott and some of the issues with the balance. And I'm going to bring you back to that because obviously going to be helped massively by Thiago coming back in, hopefully very soon. But Liverpool's midfield at times, it's, it's, I mean, they've not only lacked control in games, but, you know, they've been wide open at times in games. They've just, they've not been able to string a, you know, a few passes together between them at times. And they've, Fabinho's been poor, Henderson obviously injured now, Naby Keita out as well. Just how crucial is it that Jurgen Klopp can try and get some sort of rhythm and balance back in, in that midfield? Yeah, it's it's really tricky. I think the midfield is, is primarily the, the thing that I'm most worried about at the moment. I think you, know, you can see maybe Darwin Nunez gets a couple of goals and that clicks. Diogo Jota comes back and maybe that sort of solves things there. I don't think Trent's going to be as poor as what he has been in future games. But the midfield is difficult because there's just not really that many consistent and reliable players in there. I mean, you mentioned Thiago there. I think he will make a huge difference, but he's not a player that you can play three times a week. That just isn't going to be realistic. It wouldn't be sensible to do that because it would just lead to another injury. And at some point this season, you'd imagine he's going to have another sort of five or six week injury because that's you know just what happens with Thiago. So... I think Artur is going to make a bit of a difference in terms of that. I thought he looked miles off match fitness, though, when he made his debut against Napoli. And that wasn't the, the most testing of, of sort of games at that point to come into it. I think he came into it at a point where Napoli had started to tire a little bit. They'd already got their lead. They possibly were, were sitting back and, and just kind of letting the game play its way out at that point with the result being done. And I think he looked OK. And obviously, we know the, the strengths and weaknesses of, of him, but... For Liverpool, it's it's just a case really of trying to get a few more players back. I think there's been you know a lot of, of criticism of James Milner, understandably, but that just isn't the role that he was sort of expecting to, to play this season. He wasn't expecting to to start as many games as what he has already. I think the the role really for him with the the five subs is you know, give him twenty minutes off the bench here and there. It might be five minutes at the end of a game to to waste a bit of time or whatever. That's you know, what James Milner should be in this Liverpool squad for and what they're actually asking him to do at the moment is, you know, start two games a week, which he's not been able to to do really for, for a number of years now. He's obviously 36 years of age. He, he just can't physically do that. He's not ever been the quickest of players, but he's certainly not the quickest at the moment. And I think that's, that's kind of the issue at the moment is that it, there's no real obvious change. You can look at the midfield and say, well, it's not working. But equally, I think against Napoli that there was... There was a pretty strong argument to go with Milner because there wasn't that many other options to pick from. So, yeah, Thiago will help. The midfield needs to, to kind of get that control and just keep the, the possession, really, at certain times. I think Artur is, is probably a little bit safe. And I think Barcelona got a little bit frustrated with him that he was just kind of passing it side to side. I know, you know inside Anfield, you kind of heard a, a lot of, of shouts, really, at Jordan Henderson of, oh, he plays it too safe and he, he's going side to side and it's not going anywhere. But... I think maybe uh, maybe he'll benefit a little bit from having Artur on the pitch next to him doing a genuine kind of side-to-side, -side, a lot of it. I think that will put into context a little bit more of, of what the other Liverpool midfielders do, shall we say. But uh, yeah, the, there's no obvious solution, but they just have to find a way of, of getting that control. I think you know Thiago, as I say, is going to be a massive, massive part of, of doing that, but he can't do it on his own. You look at the players that are out injured, Navi Keita, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Oxlade-Chamberlain, all of these different options that are out at the moment, there's there's, there's not really too many different ways of, of Liverpool doing it. So whether it's a, a move to a 4-2-3-1 possibly, whether that gives them control, I wouldn't even be averse to seeing someone like Firmino drop into that midfield almost and, and kind of give them that. I know he's 
he's played that kind of position before. He did it a couple of times for, for Liverpool last season. I wonder, you know, if Thiago is out against a, a lesser team, particularly at home for, for Liverpool at Anfield, could you maybe have Firmino as a, a number eight and kind of he can be the one to win the ball back, which we know he's really good at, but also just keep hold of it and be able to, to just relieve a bit of pressure because yeah, I, I think the Everton game in particular, Liverpool just looked way too open every time they had a, a corner of their own. That was a, a chance really for, for Everton to counter-attack. And I know obviously set pieces are, are slightly slightly different and, and it's not necessarily directly about the midfield, but yeah, they've got to sort that out. They've got to find a way of just keeping the possession, penning teams in. And obviously from that point, you then get the opportunities to to counter-press and win the ball back. So yeah, as as ever with these things, I think it's it's a case of, of sorting one step at a time. But I think Thiago will help if the midfield then can control it, it then has a knock-on effect on other areas of the pitch and suddenly maybe Luis Diaz is popping up in the right positions. Maybe Mohamed Salah is a little bit closer to goal if that's the case. So, yeah, the, the midfield is the big one out of the five steps that we go through. I think I think the midfield is the one where you've got the least options to fix it. But if you do fix it, I think it will make the biggest difference. Yeah, I think the uh, the sooner we can get James Milner back to playing the, the role that he is there to play, you know, instead of starting derby matches you know coming on in the last 10 minutes seeing out games and smashing in a penalty every now and again but we're going to come on to the uh the defense and obviously i mean nobody's really stood out as having a great start to the season in the defense you know van dyke's not not been his usual imperious self but i think people will mainly point to trent as the, the guy who's struggling the most across that that defensive back line what you know what can be done about him is it is it a lack of familiarity with a new a new attacking system that we're playing you know he's not getting the assists or is it you know looking more def- at his defensive work is it a lack of effort at times you know too many times you're seeing clips of him you know just just walking and is it a case of needing to get Calvin Ramsey fit and pushing him for competition and maybe give Trent a break or how do you think he gets him uh, back getting the assists and you know defending much better the blood red podcast from the Liverpool Echo Yeah, again, it, it's a really hard one to to, to criticise him because we know how good he is, but it, it just hasn't hasn't quite worked for him. I don't know whether it's a, a physical fatigue or a mental fatigue or whatever it is, but yeah, you, you say that the video clips against Napoli have been going around. There's been one or two other games this season where it's it's just looked like he's been walking at certain times, and you know, I, I refuse to to believe that it's you know a lack of desire or, or whatever. We know how much he loves playing for Liverpool, and it's a huge privilege for him to do that. But uh, you know that. That's why I don't think it's it's complacency. I think it's got to be it's got to be a physical thing. I think it's it's similar to James Milner almost. It's it's not a case of, you know, he doesn't want to be there or he doesn't want to do it. I think it's just a case of he, he physically can't run any faster. He can't do any any better in terms of of that, which is you know a, a real issue for Liverpool because you know you mentioned Calvin Ramsey there. We've only seen him in a couple of training sessions. He's had the injury. He's come in, and I think it would be a big ask. Really, I think it's. It maybe could be a year, two years, maybe longer before he's ready to consistently be in that position. It's it's kind of what Nico Williams was a couple of years ago, I think, with him at this moment. And it's taken him a little bit of time to, to get himself into a position where he can be a regular Premier League player. And Liverpool have obviously had to, to let him go because of that. So it's a difficult one. I don't think there's really any other option, really. I think James Milner at times last season would have been an option, but I just don't think you can do that. I think we saw that against Everton. We've seen it in other matches. I don't think that's realistic for for him to to come in and play. But you know, Trent does need a rest. You know, we we've seen you know over 
the first few weeks of the season where it's only been one game a week. We're now going to get two games a week. You've got European games. We've got now the rearranged games that hasn't happened this weekend. They've got to be slotted in. There's just no time really for, for rest between now and, and the rest of, of this season. If Liverpool do what they want to do this season in terms of the Champions League and, and the domestic cups, there's going to be pretty much every week two games and Trent just can't do that. He looks tired already. We've not even started with the, the two games a week yet. So I, I don't know what the solution is. If there's someone else out there that can maybe play at, at fullback and, and come in, if it is Calvin Ramsey, you know, fantastic. But I think that would be a, a big ask for him. You know, he's, like I say, he's only had a couple of training sessions here and there. He's he's had the injury. He's not really been able to to get himself fit. He wasn't even on the bench in the, the Napoli game, I don't think. So, again, it, it looks like a, a little bit of a, a way off for him just in terms of fitness, if nothing else, but to throw him in would be you know, a, a big ask, I think. So, yeah, it's it's hard to know really what Liverpool can do there. There's no real other options. They're just going to have to stick with Trent. I suppose you know, Joe Gomez possibly could play there, but I think you, you take so much away in terms of, of the attack. Is that the best thing? Possibly not. They're going to have to find some sort of solution, though, because you know he's, he's such a huge part of the way that Liverpool play. And at the moment, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, anyone who has criticised is, is defending over the last few seasons, probably at the moment is is thinking that they're correct because you know the evidence is there at the moment that he's just not at that right level. So, yeah, I think he he needs a break, but quite where that break comes from, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I do think it just shows the importance with uh, how Liverpool's fullbacks play within that system. You know, the importance of just keeping an eye on the fitness of you know a Trent and a Robertson because you know they are going to eventually run themselves into the ground with how, how much they're doing, but. We're going to finish by talking about the beginning of games, which is, you know, one of the main issues. Where, where have Liverpool's fast starts gone? You know, you look at, you're having to look back to Bournemouth, which, uh, to be honest, seems like a bit of a fluke game now, doesn't it? Um, and before that, maybe only the Palace game, where we had, a good, you know, quite a good first 10, and then you get to the 20th minute and it's tailed off again. But you're used to seeing Liverpool, you know, coming out the blocks, all guns blazing, everyone's charging everything down, and, that just doesn't seem to have happened this season. Do you think that's a tactical shift or do you think there's something Jurgen Klopp can do to sort of get players back, you know, get that desire in and get them, you know, raring to go from the start? Yeah, again, it's it's really odd, isn't it? I mean, we saw how much it benefited Liverpool and it benefited the, the crowd when they scored the early goal against Bournemouth. But I think it's, it's only, I think, one in about sort of 15 games or something at this point where they've taken the, the lead in a match, which is, it's just crazy. I mean, you look at... You know, there's obviously the goal was drawing the Merseyside derby. They couldn't find the opener in that one. They did hit the crossbar a couple of times and came close. And there was, you know, a couple of moments where it could have gone differently. But it is just a real pattern now that they're just, they're either not scoring the first goal or or conceding the first goal and, and then having to come from behind. And, you know, they've done it a few times. They've done it against Newcastle. But I think that maybe papered over the cracks. I think if Newcastle, at, say, 60 minutes into that game had really gone for it, they could have possibly gone on and, and scored again. And, as it was, they they sat back, tried to hold on, and, and eventually Fabio Cavallio gets the, the the kind of look in the box to be in the right place at the right time to, to put it in. But you just can't keep not scoring that first goal. You can't keep starting slowly and think that you know you'll play your way into the game. And I suppose it, it going back to what we said about trends. I think it it might just be a, a physical thing. I think it might be a case of they know that they can't play full throttle for the entire ninety minutes. They have to kind of pace themselves and, and go for it at certain times, ease their way into matches. There's, there's just, you know, there's something not quite right in terms of the way that they're starting matches. 
and obviously if you go a goal behind it's it's really then difficult to to regroup and, and go again it gives the opposition so much sort of hope it gives the, the opposition crowd a lift there's there's a bit of a feeling that Liverpool are, are vulnerable I think at the moment and you know we saw it against Napoli we've seen it against other teams I think you know had the Wolves game gone on this weekend that would have been a really tricky test I think they're you know really good at, at the counter attacks we saw that last season when Liverpool were able to, to just about cope with them but I think in this state that would have been a, a difficult one Chelsea obviously next weekend if that goes ahead again they're in uh, you know a, a bit of a transition period themselves at the moment but they could quite easily you know capitalize on on that so yeah it's it's really odd I can only think that it's a physical thing and they're not able to to start quickly for, for that reason they have to kind of work their way into a match and and try and control it that way and maybe it does link to the control maybe they are trying not to to go too far gung-ho to, to begin with they're trying to kind of keep hold of the ball and and do that kind of thing but yeah, it, it just isn't working, is it? It's been a long enough period now where something has to, to change, really. If that is the tactic and they're trying to be controlling and it's just not working, well, you've got to try and mix that up. I think the, the pattern, the evidence is there that, that something needs to be altered and, and moved. So, yeah, quite how you, you solve that again, I'm not too sure. But hopefully, I think Diogo Jota coming back is, is going to be a big one. I know a lot of, of his goals last season don't know the exact numbers, but um, you know the, the majority of his goals last season were either opening goals or winning goals. I think that could be really important. You, you just need it to go your way once or twice, and, and suddenly Liverpool could go on a, a bit of a run. But yeah, at the moment it, it just doesn't doesn't feel doesn't feel quite right with them in terms of, of the starts. And yeah, in this kind of form, if you go in a goal behind it, it just makes things increasingly difficult. Yeah, there's certainly no one solution you can really point to for uh, the issues that Liverpool are facing, but a few of them we've obviously discussed today. That is uh, everything we've got time for today on the agenda, but Matt, thanks for joining me. And uh, from myself and from Matt Addison, it's uh, goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.